Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, December 5th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS podcast. I'm your host, Harris, and I'm going to be joined by my guy, Kenny, as we go through the second batch of the in-season tournament quarterfinals. You know, we're recording this in the night before, just had Indiana pull off a pretty spectacular win against Boston, and we've got uh, the Pelicans leading the Kings going into halftime, but... And we got uh, two more bunch of games over here. Another uh, Easter Conference team taking on uh, their rivals on on that side. While we've got the uh, Phoenix Suns in LA taking it all for the West. But Kenny, I mean, you you are the in season tournament whisperer at this point. What are you liking <laughs> so far about the first bunch of games? Did you enjoy the first uh, first game over there? And I mean, we're going to be talking about these games here. But uh, you know, where are you kind of see things moving as far as say the Knicks and Bucks are concerned. Oh, man. Like, first off, Celtics Pacers was a little bit of a letdown for an in-season tournament standpoint. Because that was supposed to be, like, the first in-season tournament qualifying for the semifinal game. I was I was expecting them to go all out. I, I was really expecting just a seven-man rotation, just real, real playoff basketball. So I was a little disappointed. Um, I'm glad we was able to get Indiana to get the win, and you know I'm kind of I'm kind of enjoying this Pelicans Kings game right now, but you know we need to get to tomorrow. And with the Knicks Milwaukee, I, I really do feel like Nick Nurse. I'm not Nick Nurse. Um, man, I could not think of a Bucks head coach. Can't think of his name right now. Um, man, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, it's not Bud. Bud's not the coach anymore, man. Oh, no, man. I'm going crazy right now, too. Wow, this is going to be... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. 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 Yeah. Phoenix, dude. Yeah. Griffin. Um, I, I really do think he's, um, you know, improving as a Bucks coach. They went on a little bit of a little winning streak right now. Proved the record a little bit. And I really do think they're favorites to actually win the first ever NBA and season tournament. So I got to talk about my first spender, man. I got to talk about Mr. Lillard, man. I really do think he's going to be called Mr. In season tournament. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm really expecting a big game out of him, especially against New York. Going to be a home game for him. So I do feel like he's still going to get the regular 40 minutes he's been getting. Um, really do feel like he was playing a lot of minutes, but. I really do feel like he's still going to get the 40 in this game. Probably going to get you a 60 to 70 DraftKing point night and 35 actual points. So if you're playing any props, I will go with the points on um, Lillard if you get them at 31.5 or lower. Then if you want a little cheaper play, I'm actually going to go with Bobby Portis for five cents. Been a little bit um, off and on. I want to say outside of this game against Atlanta, um, a couple games ago, he was really in a little bit of a slump. Um, I don't see him getting a little double-double in this game, but I do feel like he will be utilized. It should get you about 25 to 30 DraftKings points for five sets. Um, when it comes to the Knicks, I don't have too much I like on this side. Um, but if I do take a flyer, I might spend um, 3-8 on Quentin Grimes just because he's guaranteed to get you 20 minutes. So for 3-8, especially since you got a couple stars on this slate, 
I feel like that's a nice little filler. What about yourself? How are you looking at this Knicks yeah. Bucks? No doubt. I mean, we got a 226 game total on this one. Out of the two games, it is uh, expected to be a more what decisive victory as far as the Bucks are concerned. I think the spread is sitting at uh, five for them at the moment. But I'm right there with you as far as Lillard's concerned. I mean, he was going to be probably my favorite spend up between the two games, except for a certain uh, Slim Reaper who I'm going to be interested in the next one. But yeah, for 9,300, I think there's a lot to like. Uh, from a mid-tier value perspective, though, I, I do like a couple of these uh, bucks in general. I mean, I know you mentioned uh, Bobby Portis in that uh, 5-6 range. I actually think for $100 more, uh, just I'm in a different position altogether, but Malik Beasley just continues to be the guy for them to continue to be kind of their main perimeter shooter while while uh, Chris Middleton still continues on in his uh, in his kind of I don't even want to call, I don't even know if it's a minutes limit anymore it's just you don't know how many he's going to play it's anywhere between 25 to 28 on any given game while they're obviously uh, making sure that he stays as fresh as possible but what that has meant is that Malik Beasley has pretty much hit nothing less than 36 minutes in each of the last uh, four games that he's played in that he has averaged nine three-point attempts a game and averaging about uh, 15 shots a game in that time as well. So it's just one of those things where the volume is absolutely there. And just by him being on the floor for as many minutes as he's going to get, as long as this game stays, even in that kind of five-point range over there, I expect Malik Beasley is going to continue to be a a pretty heavily relied on perimeter shooting threat for the Milwaukee Bucks in this kind of a matchup. So definitely where I'm looking over there. And I do also think that this is going to be the opportunity for Brooke Lopez to be able to uh, kind of stamp his authority as far as a big block game is concerned. Now, I'm not trying to read too, too much into what he did earlier in the season against the Knicks, where he had a ridiculous eight block night. Like that's not going to happen on a regular basis over there. But what it what it does show is that the Knicks, who are a team who like to really attack uh, the rim a lot, especially with you know Jalen Brunson getting inside there, RJ Barrett, these are guys who aren't necessarily uh, going to be looking first and foremost for that outside shot. They like to be able to get inside and try and get those early points in the paint. That that's what gives the opportunity for someone like a Brook Lopez to rack up those big block nights. So for 6400, if I'm talking front court over here. Uh, there's a couple of guys I, I may be interested in that uh, Phoenix LA game that could be potentially in the front court, but uh, I think Brook Lopez is going to be kind of the uh, the top of the mark as far as I'm concerned at that uh, at that price tag for 6400 there. Uh, that's but, um, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say I really do like um, the little Brook pick. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of um, Beasley. I, I really do feel like that's a bad spot for him, especially with the total that they give you. Um, but I really do like uh, Lopez as a pickup. It would be. Well, hey, that and these kind of two-game slates, you just need that one guy to have that outsized thing and everything else just kind of falls in the line because I feel like there's just so many good uh, like top-tier picks over here that you're just going to have to take that gamble with some of these uh, some of these little uh, cheapy ones over here. And the only other cheapy I was also going to mention from that uh, New York-Milwaukee game was going to be a little bit of uh, Dante DiVincenzo. That's uh, always a little bit of interest for me, just again, given the fact that he's a guy, apart from the whole revenge matchup aspect of all of this, but he's just a guy who doesn't really need a huge total of minutes to be able to be effective on the floor because he's going to get his shot attempts in the time that he's there. And he's also kind of sneaky in being able to grab a couple of steals and even the uh, the odd block, depending on where things are going. So again, it's one of those where, you know, which perimeter guy is going to be the one to carry you on a night. And uh, if DiVincenzo can get hot as he has been over the last uh, couple of games, that's going to be another potential value pick that could pay off good dividends for you moving right on to the uh, second and last game of the night here which is 
probably the big one, the one more people are interested in being able to watch. And the Phoenix Suns taking on the Lakers. Lakers get to be at home and favored to win this by one and a half. So expect it to be a very close game uh, throughout the night, a 227 and a half total on this one. And Kenny, I mean, you know, a lot of these uh, news articles and all are really talking about this being LeBron's kind of last chance at potential glory. He's probably not a championship contender this year, but they could be the ones to take that in-season tournament. How do you think they're going to do in this game, and who do you like? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I do like LeBron trying to get every single accolade possible, but I, I really don't see this in-season tournament being his. So I need to go with my favorite play, and that's got to be someone who you mentioned earlier, the Slim Reaper himself, KD. I, I really don't see how you can not – pick him up, um, especially at 9-9. Um, on a two-game slate, I, I really do feel like he's probably going to be about 35% on on this two-game slate in the majority of GPPs I join. But I, I really don't see how he can actually get you lower than uh, 50 fantasy points in this spot. Uh, when it comes to my second spend-up in this game, I really don't know how I'm going to go. I'm probably going to just do 50-50. Well, 33-33-33 with um, Booker, Davis, and James. I, mm. I really don't have a solid stance on who's the second best spent up on this game would be, and in my opinion, on this slate. But going down, going a little bit cheaper, I think your real mid-range battle is going to be should you play Reeves, Gordon, or Russell. I really do feel like that's going to be like the first, second question you're going to get after the high tiers. And I really do feel like in this spot, Reeves would probably be my more favorable play. Um, Reason for that is I'm just thinking it's a playoff atmosphere. And if you remember playoff Reeves, (laughs) Um, He kind of made a name for himself getting to the line. And you got a couple players on Phoenix who will give up a couple of fouls and get into foul trouble, especially with that rotating, you know, small forward position they have going on with that team. Um, Outside of that, if I want to go a little bit cheaper and go with my flyers, I'm also going to be taking my chats in this game. I feel like you're going to get a lot of ownership and, um, Eubanks and Diop and Wood. So I'm thinking about getting a little crazier and actually going a little bit cheaper too. And if he plays, um, he just recently came back. Um, I'm actually going to have some interest in uh, Vanderbilt. Um, His rebound rate is pretty solid. I know he was only back for one game. I think he only got you like five rebounds and 20 minutes, but when he's on the floor, he's typically able to generate rebounds. And mm-hmm. and as I mentioned earlier, Phoenix, they don't have a problem felling players. And if he can get you about seven rebounds, 20 minutes, a couple free throws, might get you two or three field goals. I feel like that's going to be a nice little pickup in a two-game slate for 3-5. How about yourself, man? How are you running this? Yeah, I mean, I think you uh, kind of hit the nail on the head as far as where people's eyes are going to be as far as the uh, cheap side of things are concerned. I think Drew Eubanks is definitely going to be someone who's going to get a good amount of uh, eyes on him and probably is going to be one of the guys that I'd have some interest in. Although, uh, 
I'm again kind of looking at some of these uh, wing potential guys at, at the value side of things and who could potentially do pretty well given you know, given the opportunity that they'll get. Torian Prince kind of being that first guy that I'm looking at. You know, 4,600 is not necessarily the sexiest price tag for a guy who's really going to need to be on the floor for somewhere close to 30 minutes to get uh, to get close to uh, where he's kind of been over the last couple of games. But really for you know a Lakers team that uh, isn't necessarily the most adept from from outside for a guy who can who has been shooting about 60% from the three-point line over the last uh, week and a half at this point while hitting about three threes a game in that. I mean, they're going to need as much of that as possible against a team that is a high-scoring team on its own aspect. And if you're not going to be able to get some of that from your own kind of role players, especially at home, you're going to find yourself uh, not really in a position to be able to compete. So Torian Prince is uh, going to be one of those guys that I look at from a value perspective. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Kevin Durant, who's going to be my uh, kind of favorite spend up alongside uh, Lillard on that side. So trying to find kind of ways of being able to fit the rest of this around. And then going back to that, that kind of front court battle that I have in, in my mind as well. I do think this is a good spot for, for use of Nurkic. It's just the kind of matchup where one, historically, he's actually done pretty well with uh, with Anthony Davis on the other side. He's just one of those guys that is that little bit of a bruiser who's able to kind of take Anthony Davis out of his spots. And uh, if he can even play, you know, his regular kind of 28 to uh, 28 to 30 minutes as he has been averaging against the Lakers, he's likely going to find himself in a position where he can uh, be a lot more dominant from a uh, not only a pure point scoring perspective, but we know his ability to be that uh, little bit of a playmaker on the inside as well. So even though he hasn't shot particularly well in the two games that he's played already against the Lakers this season, what we did see is that he's getting you five dimes a game alongside near double double with the, uh, with the rebounding. So I don't expect that he's going to be averaging nine points a game as he has been. So between him and Lopez, I think those are both guys who are in that kind of price tag where if they can have the kind of games that we know they have the capability of and able to get themselves going, that could be one of those uh, game changers as far as a you know, two-game slate with a very low margin of error can be. So that's probably where I'm looking as far as mid-tiers are concerned and definitely on board with the uh, with the kind of expensive guys that you're looking at overall. But I mean, really, that's... a. Uh, he said there's so many ways to be able to go. I think a lot of people are going to be in that same boat of thinking about uh, where Anthony Davis or LeBron can potentially fit in. Game scripting will come into this as well. If you think the Lakers are going to be the team to potentially go through over here, then you know maybe you are thinking a little bit more on the LeBron side of things, even though he has uh, his, uh, his calf that's left him at least a little bit hobbled from what we have usually seen. But hey, that's where that's where the in-season tournament goes. It's win or go home in in December. So we'll see who's going to be able to move on into Vegas. And uh, we're going to have to come back. I think uh, by the time we uh, meet up again, Kenny, we're going to be talking about uh, talking about the finalists at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, man, it's gonna it's gonna be hard on me, man. I, I was <laughs> loving this whole in-season tournament, man. I'm gonna be sad to see it go. Um, but. Nah, man, it, it was fun. It, it was seriously fun. I'm yeah. definitely going to be waiting on it that season. Who knows? I might actually book, the self, book myself a trip. Yeah, it's actually... Vegas, you know? <laughs> do it. I like it. I mean, it's definitely been a hit so far from what we've seen. I mean, I think in the end, no matter what we can potentially say about the, you know, whatever nature of an NBA Cup, I think just the idea of any sort of win-or-go-home situation brings out the best in players, and that's just... That's just what we're seeing. So the more relevance we can give to these early games, the better. 
But that brings us to the end of a nice, nice short slate, nice, uh, exciting matchups to be able to look at. Not necessarily the most fun from a season long fantasy perspective. I think this is probably the most annoying week as far as I'm concerned. It's only like two days where we have tons of games and the rest of it is just kind of being split up with the in-season tournament. But that's, uh, that's how it goes with the NBA. And until then, we'll have to catch you at the next one. As always, you can hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram at HAK underscore devil. Tell me what you think about how this inaugural in-season tournament has gone. Who are you liking to be able to go ahead and lift the cup at the end of it all in Vegas? And Kenny, with all of your in-season whispering, all of your basketball knowledge in every other aspect of the game, where can people find you? Uh, man, they can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS. I'm definitely going to be talking about this double game week in the EuroLeague, especially talking about if you think um, Milan is going to fire their little coach, go somewhere else with all that talent, and them not even being a top 10 team in the EuroLeague right now. Ugh, it's looking, looking, looking kind of strange. It's, it's fun talk. But. Any other level of basketball, NBL, NBA, women's college, men's college, I'm, I'm down to talk. Love it. Love it. Well, definitely hit him up. And as always, hit us up on sportsethos.com. Get yourself subscribed to that DFS pass if you have not already. Catch us on Discord. Ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock. But until then, we'll catch you on the next one. Let's go take down some of these in-season tournament GPPs.